The Fake Show Podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, now with two locations, the Tone Factory Recording Studios in Las Vegas, Moonshot.com T-Shirt Designs, Mr. Antenna, and Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. It's The Fake Show with Jim Toffee. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame member Rick Wakeman might best be known as the brilliant keyboardist for Yes and being a great session player with artists such as David Bowie, Elton John, T-Rex, and Cat Stevens, to name a few. But did you also know that he's quite the comedian over in the UK? We'll get into all of that and also talk to Rick about his great new album, The Red Planet, as I believe I've got Rick Wakeman on the line right now from his home in the UK. Hi, Jim. How are you? Uh, I'm good, thank you. I hope that you and your family are doing well. Yeah, yeah. considering all the, the stupidity at the moment. But yeah, we're, we're doing okay. Thanks very much, yeah. That's great. Congratulations on your new album, The Red Planet. Boy, uh, the three or four tracks I've listened to, I really love this. I saw some reviewers saying that they're picking it as the album of the year so far. Wow. Well, that's really kind of you to say something. We did work unbelievably hard on it, but the interesting thing was it wasn't that hard to do <laughs> because yeah. uh, we all, uh, everybody involved in it was all just so much on the same page. Um, nobody could wait to get started every day to get, to get working on it. And it's such a phenomenal subject matter. And it was just, uh, I know it sounds silly, but I covered the piano in, in photographs and all kinds of things of, of, of Mars to, while, I was, while I was writing. And sometimes you can be really lucky if the concepts is, is really something that in, inspires you, that the music flows. And it, this was one of those situations. There were a lot of smiles on my face, I can tell you. Yeah, and of course your band, the English Rock Ensemble, is just brilliant. They were great. For, I mean, I... I used <clears throat> some advice from my dear, dear departed friend David Bowie, who said to me way back in 1971, always pick musicians to work with you who you think understand what it is you're trying to achieve. He said you can have the best musicians in the world, but if they don't understand what you're trying to achieve at the end, you won't, you won't get the result you want. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I think what a lot of people here in the United States anyway, Rick, don't know about you is that comedy is so near and dear to you, which is why I think it was such a pleasant surprise to see your induction speech at the Rock Hall. <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of comedy in the UK. I've had my own programs and things over here. And I'm probably, in a strange way, known just as much for, for comedy as I am for, for music. Yeah, the, the induction speech, I, I mean, I, I hasten to add, I was extremely proud uh, as part of Yes, and Yes getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I felt that Yes should have been in there years ago, like a, a lot of bands, but I was very proud to be there. But the interesting thing for me is I love watching award ceremonies, whether it's the Oscars, Golden Globes, whatever it might be. Uh, and the thing that I just find the most ridiculously boring in the whole world is the exception speeches. I mean, how many times can you yeah. thank your mother? You know, your uncle who bought you your first guitar, uh -huh. your aunt who made the jacket that you wore at your first stage performance. The truth of the matter is, people aren't remotely interested. And when the introduction <laughs> speech came along, I'm standing there and, and I'm hearing about people thanking, you know, their great grandmother and the man who made their first guitar and their 
first manager was going up, and I could hear this hum round the auditorium. People were just talking. They weren't listening. And they came, they wanted to hear the bands play, and anyway, all the things that people were saying, they probably knew anyway. And I was just about to go up and just say a few words, and it was Trevor and John, uh, who know that I do a lot of comedy over here, and they just, Trevor went, this is boring, go for it. And I said, <laughs> and I whispered, I said, nobody knows me over here for comedy. He said, well, they might in five minutes. <laughs> so I thought, why not? Does this thing go up? Story of my life. At night, I said, um... I'd like to, uh, obviously, I'm, I'm very happy here for a couple of reasons uh, to be in Brooklyn. One is the fact, obviously, of, of being part of Yes and uh, getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And the other is something I really probably shouldn't tell you is that less than half a mile away from this very building was where I had my very first meaningful sexual experience. And, uh, no, 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 please. No, it, it, it wasn't very good. <laughs> It never is when you're on your own. Um, so I, I went up, just did a, a, picked a couple of, of, of one-liners, and uh, people were great. They just went for it. It was a bit of fun, and uh, it was certainly not meant to be disrespectful in any way. But uh, I had so many messages afterwards from from artists and people saying, you know, I wish that would happen more often, you know, uh, but it was it was great fun. It really was. You know, I recently watched a wonderful moment that you did. It must have been right before the pandemic shut down live performances. You were at the O2 Arena in London with special guest Yusuf Islam and doing Morning Has Broken. Boy, what a what a great uh, performance that was. And it must have been fun for you to play with him. Well, it was great because uh, the... Um it was it, the evening was put together at the O2 by Gary Brooker. Uh, it was his brainchild um, from Procol, and he called me and said that they wanted to do this big concert uh, for the Royal Marsden Hospital, which is a massive cancer hospital in London. And I said, I, absolutely, I'll be there. Cause it's very dear to my heart because my wife was treated there for a year. Uh, with cancer, operated on and chemo and heaven knows what else. And I said, anything I can do to help, I'm there. So he put together a massive cast of people, and then he called me and said, uh, Yusuf Islam, Cat Stevens, is, he's, he's doing it. And he said, uh, Steve said, you'd only ever played Morning Has Broken together once, and that was when you recorded it. <laughs> and I said, that's true. And he said, well, would you fancy doing it again? I said, I'd love to. But there wasn't time for any rehearsals or anything like that. So literally, I had a piano in my dressing room, and uh, and and Yusuf he came into the to the room, and and he plays it sometimes. And I said, "What well, what version do you do now? Do you do the version we did on the record?" He said, "Well, no, I do it slightly different. Oh, and it's in a different key." I went, "Oh, great." <laughs> he played it through, and it was totally different. And I said, that is completely different what we're doing. And he looked, I said, it's all right, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll do what, what you do. I'll do your, your version. Uh, but play it through a couple of times so I can learn it, uh, which is exactly what happened. I did that. Then we went on stage, no rehearsal, played it through, which was, which was lovely. And we've, we've kept in touch since it, it was just great to see him and brought back a lot of memories. I wish he'd done the original version in the original key, though. <laughs> when you signed on with Yes and did all those great albums, who ran the show in the studio? Um, 
the truthful answer is it was different every day. Okay, yeah. You'd have days where, uh, if we were doing stuff, if, if it was if it was what I call a guitar-heavy day, then then Steve would run the show and we'd throw in um, ideas and thoughts and and uh, and criticism, good and bad. The same if it was a keyboard day. Same if it was a percussion day. Same if it was a uh, a bass day. Uh, John and obviously it was on a vocal day. John very much in charge. John was in that unique position as well as not playing an instrument. He could listen all the time and make comments, which was really, really good. But it would change from day to day depending on what we were working on. Um, I think if anybody had tried to completely run the show, they probably would have been shot. <laughs> right. Hey, I, Rick, I only wish we had more time. As always, your Red Planet album is available August 28th. And, you know, we have a lot of great record stores here in Las Vegas. I'm hoping that it'll be available there as well as all the usual platforms. That would be great. I'm a big, big support. I mean, I know there's lots of platforms, which is great that people can get music from. Um, but I do love uh, record stores. And I love them when you can still find them. It's great. So it'd be great if they do. Thank you. Rick, good luck to you and continued good health and good luck with the album. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. His album really is fantastic. And once again, it's available on Amazon and iTunes. And check out his comedy. There is a lot to look at on YouTube. I'm Jim Tofty. That does it for this episode of The Fake Show. I'll see you back here next time. Take The Fake Show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. Oh,